Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. He minus 37 seconds. Fight with growing e equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. And welcome to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Jeff Spinard. I'm your co-host, Ryan Treasure. And joining us today is a very special guest. This gentleman, Dr. Duck Vyong, is an internationally renowned weight loss surgeon, author of 13 books, and the world's leading expert in education for the bariatric patient. His particular passion is in helping people break self-limiting cycles and start over again, regardless of the situation. He teaches transformational tools to impact mental, physical, and financial wellness. He believes that everyone can have more because they can be more. Although trained in Western medicine, he blends traditional Eastern teachings with the latest in science and technology. Dr. Vyung was featured in TLC's hit show, 900 Pound Man, Race Against Time, and is currently working on his own weekly television show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Dr. V. Dr. V, how are hey, you? Good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You are a busy man. You're a busy man, my friend. You guys hear that crowd? It's got a whole audience behind it. Fantastic. Us. Fantastic. <laughs> Keep it down over there. <laughs> all right. So let's uh, finding your frequency, doctor, is all about the journey. It's the how, it's the why, it's how you found your frequency. So mm. let's let's take it back. Let's go, let's talk to you about uh, the early days of Dr. V. You get ready to go to school. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you can tell by my accent, but I wasn't actually born in the United States. I'm an Asian immigrant. And uh, so I'm one of the Vietnamese boat people. Okay. And uh, I came over as a little boy when my dad was 36 and I was six years old. We spent six months in a refugee camp and got sponsored uh, after the fall of Vietnam, you know, and uh, we got, got sponsored to come to America. And I arrived in uh, 1978. Um, and we came here without knowing anybody or couldn't speak the language, couldn't, you know, we didn't know a stop sign from a yeah. go sign. Dude, I couldn't, ima know. I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, no. that's, that's insane. Sign. <laughs> There's no such thing as a go sign, which <laughs> you know, probably explains why Asians are such bad drivers. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, in 16 short years, my dad having no resources, at the age of 52, he retired independently wealthy. Hmm. That's fantastic. And, and I don't know about you, gentlemen, that's the American dream. Sure. And um, so I started uh, first grade and um, tested out. And uh, a year later, you know, they, they identified me as gifted and talented. And I got moved up through the ranks and eventually did well. Went to um, college and then to med school. Got into med school of my choice and then residency of my choice and became a, a surgeon. So um, I finished residency in 2005. Started buying real estate because that's what my dad did to, to make all his money. 
and we know how that picture looks by 2008 right it's not looking so good right but i had a double whammy so in 2008 i was living in, in galveston in texas and hurricane ike went right through my living room oh. and destroyed my house i had 17 of 17 feet of water in my house and um Brutal. and i had a lot of rental properties real estate properties uh, uh apartment complex all sorts of stuff that were insured but they were underinsured for rental insurance mm-hmm. and uh, my young surgical practice was just taken off i i had just broken even with my surgical practice and and once the hurricane hit combine that with the economic crisis that came man i got wiped out and i i lost everything i was four million dollars in debt oh and i was starting over again Okay. And guess how old I was when that happened? <laughs> oh, God. I was 36, just like my dad. Wow. And I had to, I, I, you know, I tried to keep it afloat for a couple of years and uh, couldn't make it happen. And I eventually had to close down my practice. And I left Texas for Southern Illinois. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Southern Illinois, but they speak no. a whole different language out there, man, <laughs> in Texas. So I was like in this weird foreign country again, learning a whole different language. And I had a little daughter that I had to leave behind. I guess how old she was? Mm, six. She was six. <laughs> there you I'm, go. I'm, getting, I'm good at this game. There you go. I'm good at this good game. Good job, Ryan. Good job. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's funny how life repeats itself. Uh, and I believe that life keeps testing you until you learn your lesson. So I, I really got spiritual, uh, put my head down, started meditating, started creating great content. And um, this past year, in nine years, I'm happy to say, you know, I retired. I retired from surgery. That's uh, such a happy day, you know, when you can yeah. actually say you're retiring and yeah. you're you're not uh, 68. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. But what, what was the lesson? <clears throat> what was the lesson that you had to learn? Well, the lesson that I had to learn and I'm still learning was, is that, learning. Um, you know, everybody has a has a special purpose and a reason to be on this planet and that. Um, my my particular talent is to end suffering. And when I realized that, you know, there's a Buddhist teaching that says obesity is nothing more than the manifestation of all of our suffering. In America, you know, th- this is the best time to be living, the best technology, the best food, the best resources, everything. But we can't say we're the happiest we've ever been. Right. <laughs> in fact, a lot of people would say there's more suffering now in America than ever. And it, it's no surprise then that we are dealing with a huge epidemic of obesity in America right now. And it, show, and it is just all of our suffering. So mm-hmm. when I had that realization, it was my particular passion and mission and the way I deliver content and explain medical things and explain the Eastern side of things. I could just, I just had a powerful message that I needed to get out because it was my purpose to stop their suffering. So I worked nonstop creating videos. I have over 400 videos on YouTube, five online courses. I have 13 books and, and I just created a lot of content for the obese population, mostly because, you know, in healthcare in America, the doctors don't actually get to spend much time with the patients. Isn't that right? 
Very true. In, or, in order to make any money, a, a doctor can only spend seven minutes mm. with with each patient. Oh, they get Otherwise, they lose money that day. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Seven minutes? Seven yeah. minutes is your average time with did, your doctor how? when you go see him. Time it. Next time you go to the doctor's office, time it. And you'll be like, freaking Dr. V was right. I know, you know what? I, I, <laughs> I don't even have I to go. I know. I know. My last doctor's experience was very similar. It was like, you know, <clears> went there for my <throat> uh, for my well men's checkup, right? I do that every year. I, 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 I just reminded myself I needed to go schedule that for this year. Mm-hmm. But um, I go in and then it's like, okay, here's a piece of paper. Go get your blood tested. Um, you know, you should take a, a, a D vitamin because you're almost yeah. 40 and have a nice day and that was it and then he puts his finger up your ass and that's yeah, it right he, dinner. <laughs> he, gets, he, he gets a little yeah. jiggle uh cough he and... sweet talk you he doesn't do oh, anything he doesn't even buy me out. dinner before he, he does violated. all that and it's not a good experience now one it's a terrible experience for the patient but if you look at healthcare professionals nurses doctors, I mean, we have a huge problem with obesity amongst our nurses and our doctors these people who are supposed to be experts on health are themselves not healthy they're overweight they're stressed out the biggest topic one of the biggest topics in healthcare right now is physician burnout it's an actual topic physician burnout mm-hmm. that these doctors um, don't have satisfaction in their jobs. They're, it's just not, they're not happy. And that shows in the care of the patient. Huh. That shows in your experience, you know, when you get there. So, you know, I became very passionate. And to your question about finding my frequency, once I tapped into that and I looked around and I could see that it was not just people, but it's, it's our healthcare providers are unhappy and, and administrators are unhappy and everybody's unhappy. Hmm. And it's just suffering, you know. And so, my my teachings and my methods um, center around everything for everybody, which is terrible because one of the things in business, they always talk to you about who's your target audience, you know, who's your avatar, right. yeah. who's your ideal customer, and I go, yeah. uh, everybody. It, yeah, and right. It's, it's the sad and the suffering. Like, yeah, they're all like, Doctor Vaughn, you can't have everybody. I mean, you won't make any money if you do that. I'm like. No, seriously, everybody. Mm -hmm. But what topic would you talk about? Well, I would talk about every topic. You know, my (laughs) teachings don't just apply to health and wellness. I mean, it, it takes money to stay healthy. A lot of marriages That's break up over the, money. The number I, one cause of divorce is money. You you make a really right. good point too. I mean, you talk about being healthy and it being expensive. I mean, when you walk through the grocery store, right, and you have your you know produce because everybody knows you got to eat vegetables and, <laughs> and eating whole foods is like the most healthy thing for you to do and not processed. And so you go through the you know the produce section. And you're like you want to get the best produce that you're going to put in your body. Organic, and you have you have organic over here and a, a, an mm-hmm. organic pound of carrots is like eight dollars and ninety nine cents, whereas the standard one's ninety nine sense and you know you could see a lot of people making a a decision like oh well it's still vegetables i'm eating them uh and paying the less money but we all know that those you know that were were, uh ran with pesticides and some of those different things are not as healthy for your body at all and it is it's it it frustrates me as a consumer if anybody has ever said eating healthy is too expensive that's that's a money issue because mm-hmm. aren't there people who pay for organic fruits and vegetables that go to high-end restaurants that have private chefs it's a money issue if you made enough money you wouldn't say that being healthy is too expensive in right. fact when you get your money straight you realize the opposite you cannot afford not to be healthy mm. you know 
Like you're, you're going to, if you're eating a, off a dollar menu, you're going to end up paying that money right. later for doctor's back bills end. Correct. Yeah. and healthcare costs. Correct. You think you're saving money. The reality is you're just deferring the cost. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, my uncle, uh, who I spent some time with in California, everything he does is organic. It's all healthy mm-hmm. living, cooking the whole nine yards. And I spent some time with him. And, you know, after a couple of months uh, of eating all organic, now I'm not the picture of health. Uh, I need some work. However, uh, you know, again, with my uncle, who is kind of, you know, Gary, um, everything's organic. And it's not expensive to eat right and to buy the right things for your body. You know, it's just teaching yourself that lifestyle uh, that gets you to that healthy, you know, living. So I would imagine yeah, this exactly is much right. of what you teach. I don't know. I eat, know, a, I eat a lot of whole foods, but I don't eat out of the organic section as much as I probably should. Maybe you should. <laughs> well, one of the things that people often say is like, I'm stressed out. I've got problems. I don't have time for this, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know what, Jeff? Like, I have the answer to everybody's problems. Do you know what the answer to all your problems is? What's that? It's death. Okay, that's a good answer. The second you die, all of your problems will go away. Isn't that true? (laughs) It is very true. That's absolutely true. But as long as you're alive, you're going to have problems. Now, here's the flip side of it. Nobody likes problems, right? Mm -hmm. But everybody loves a solution. And I don't think people want to die. When you solve a problem, you get so excited and happy. But here's the thing. Everyone loves solutions, but you can't have a solution without a problem. So it's going to be that problem. Do this other side of the same coin. So the issue, it's not trying to get rid of your problems. It's trying to find a solution. And if we would just focus on the solution, then we could really move our lives forward. And, and, the second you solve that problem, that small piddly ass problem, you get what? A newer, bigger problem, don't you? <laughs> the cycle but just keeps that, going. That means what? That means you have to have a newer, bigger solution. Behind every problem is another problem. Is that basically yes. what happens? And you want bigger problems. Right. See, I don't hate problems. I love problems. I just want bigger problems. I like problems. Because solving. the bigger I solve the problem means I have a bigger solution. It means I had to call more people. I had to meet more people. I had to make more money. I had to come up with a bigger venue. I had to have better technology. I have to build a team. I have to, it's a bigger solution, right? Love so it. it makes me a better version of me. I think that's fantastic. at the end of the day, we're all trying to become better versions of ourselves. And that is the suffering. So let's let's talk about some of these books. You've written thirteen yep. books. Um, give us a layout uh, on some of those books, and are we talking down the same avenue of what you're writing about? So most of them have been about health and wellness, mostly geared towards the obesity weight loss surgery community. So my best selling book is called Ultimate Gastric Sleeve Success. The, the gastric sleeve is a weight loss surgery procedure. And that book is uh, five and a half years old and, and it still sells really, really well. The other books, you know, there's some recipe books, some smoothie books. Um, uh, I have a new book coming out this year that's going to be the Dr. V diet, mm. which I'm going to form, you know, formally launch and have a big press tour and everything like that. I love it. And it is what I teach my patients to eat. Now, even though I'm a weight loss surgeon, 
I have, um, pro- we have probably on average about uh, 35 to 40 pounds of weight loss prior to weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. I have had 13 patients lose 100 pounds or more prior to surgery wow. without weight loss surgery. My biggest loser lost 165 pounds before his surgery and went on and lost another 150 pounds after surgery. Wow. Huh. Still went through the now, surgery. That's crazy. No the reason why that's crazy is because have you ever heard the saying like losing weight's hard? Yeah, of course. We hard, have surgery, take this pill. The person shed an entire meat. And as long as you think that losing weight's hard, you'll always struggle with your weight. Right. It's a mindset. And so one of the things that I do really well is I teach people the proper mindset for better health. Right? Right. And, and the Dr. B diet is just exactly what I tell my patients to do when they're starting their weight loss journey with me and then how they maintain it. Now, um, our average weight loss was better than what's published data. Um, In four years um, of doing surgery at my last hospital before I retired, I did 1,200 cases in four years. I never, ever took anybody back for a complication. Wow. That's impressive. That is unheard of mm-hmm. in surgery, but really unheard of in bariatric surgery when you're dealing with heavy patients, they're diabetic, they have sleep apnea, they have health issues, you know, they have joint issues. They And to never take anybody back for a complication was really a, a, a record I was very proud of. Well, that's but that goes to the right. preparation, the mindset, the follow-up, the um, education they received, getting ready for surgery, the continual education afterwards, me calling them out on their bullshit, me right. telling them that you know they need to look at their relationships, their marriages, they need to really get their finances straight, they really can't. And I often ask my patients, why did you have weight loss surgery? And the response is usually, well, I want to get healthier or I want to lose weight. And my answer is no, that is not correct. You had weight loss surgery because you wanted things to change. Okay. You wanted to lose weight. You wanted to get healthier. You wanted to have more energy. You wanted your diabetes to go away. You wanted change. Right. So if that's true, then if you don't do anything about it, so the world, now I love the world, but wouldn't you agree that the world is typically a negative place Absolutely. negative news, no doubt about it crisis you know right so if you do nothing about your life which direction will it change it will positive or negative negative it will change towards the negative right if you do nothing so if you have weight loss surgery you don't do anything your life will change for the negative right. so then i teach people to actively participate in the change that they want to become accountable, right? And I empower them to do that with simple, small, easy things. The Dr. B diet, green smoothie in the morning, a lot of water, salads, fruits and veggies. Yeah, I, I got one question uh, before we keep going here. You, you're saying you work with patients and you got yes. guys that have lost 136 pounds uh, and then they get a surgery to lose 150 pounds. Why get the surgery if they're doing so well uh, prior to the surgery? You know, I actually had a couple of patients a month that would stop because they were happy with their weight loss without surgery. Okay. So when they started my program, they I'm, I wasn't there to convince them they needed to have surgery. Well, no, I, right. 
business, right? So um, I encourage them, but reality is our current state of medicine, we know statistically speaking, weight loss surgery is the best solution we have for effective long-term weight loss because everybody can lose weight everybody's lost 15 20 pounds on some diet atkins diet some pill anything like that but a lot of people will regain that weight true yeah yes so for long-term weight loss success weight loss surgery is the best option but i do believe that a day is going to come when we look back during this period and think that weight loss surgery is barbaric hmm. and we will go what the fuck were we thinking <laughs> that'll be a nice day because i tell you what right? i've done it myself you know right now i'm doing the metafast diet i've done this before i've lost as much as 100 pounds gained yeah. it back you know i've had my uh, pendulum swing there mm-hmm. uh both ways so and right now i'm back 400 I'm six to four hundred pounds. I I carry it okay, but you know I've got diabetes and I've got neuropathy and there's things that I'm you know dealing with on a daily basis that really suck ass. But you know it is what it is. <clears throat> so you know talking to you today, you know I'm gaining some <clears throat> excuse me gaining some insight and uh, hopefully by the time we're done, you know we'll we'll have a nice education set in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to the, the release of the book and the things that you work on. One of the things that I teach people is we, we never say I, I lost weight, right? So wh- why not? Well, what do you do the second you lose something? Try to find it. <laughs> you try to find it again. I lost my keys. I can't find my keys. You start looking for it again. So I don't like the term I lost weight. So what we do instead is I teach my patients, we release the weight. So I've released a hundred pounds. I ain't ever going to find it again. I don't want it back. I let it go. I gave it to my sister-in-law. I gave it to my mother-in-law. I released it. Now that carries on though. It sounds funny, but when you think about it, remember what I said at the beginning, our obesity is the manifestation of all of our suffering. Mm -hmm. So if you keep saying, I release, I release the weight, then you'll start realizing, man, I'm, I'm releasing the stress. I'm releasing the emotional demons. I'm releasing the negative thoughts. I'm releasing these bad relationships, these negative people in my life. I'm going to let them go because I don't want to find them again. Right. Right. Put it out there. Yeah. Right. Release. Just, I love it. Just release it. Just let it go. Hmm. And it's work, man. It's all the deep dive work that I had to do when I was in Southern Illinois to find my purpose and my passion and my mission. I released everything that they taught me in medicine med school and surgical school and i released how i talked to patients how i was kind of like i'm the surgeon you need to do it the way i told you i gave up all that belief i quit yelling at my nurses in the or or being you know uh, you know denigrating i mean i just came i just approached medicine from a place of love and compassion and um you know i was never in a rush never in a hurry but man, I was fast in the OR, productive. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I released it. I released it all. And so the first time, I'm going to brag on myself a little bit, if you don't mind. Get it. When I came to Albuquerque five years ago, the first time I posted five surgeries in one day, that's considered a full load for a surgeon. I did not finish surgery until 7 p.m. Huh. It was an hour and a half 
between cases. So it only took me about 50 minutes to do a, a sleeve surgery. So it meant it took longer for them to turn over the room than it did for me to do the surgery. Right. So I said, this is not acceptable. We're going to shoot for five o'clock, five cases by five. So our mantra became five by five, five by five. Now, not only did we meet that goal, but we eventually got to five cases by two o'clock. Wow. We finished five cases by two o'clock. Now think about this, that I shaved off five hours off that work day from seven to two, five hours. There's only eight hours in a work day, man. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I shaved off five hours. Amazing. My turnover time went from an hour and a half to um, we averaged 15 minutes between cases from the patient rolling out of the room to the patient coming back in the room. Huh. Talk about efficiency. Yeah. Efficiency. <laughs> and remember, I was the busiest bariatric surgeon in the state of New Mexico. I did 1,200 cases in four years and never took anyone back for a complication. And done by two So PM. I wasn't fast and <laughs> reckless. Yeah, right, right. I was fast and good. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, That's no, amazing. that is amazing. I, my wife and I were into a lot of those like medical TV shows and stuff that are on. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of those guys that, you know, well, I know it's television, but on TV anyways, they're like, you know, the, the those uh, surgeons at Rush, you know, then like the next <laughs> episode, they're getting sued for malpractice because they left. Oh, like, yeah. they, they sewed a clamp up, you know, <laughs> inside a oh, person's sternum. All, or, all the time. You'd you be know, surprised what happens. That, that kind mm. of stuff scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> yeah, well, well there's, a, there's a saying that says there are three types of surgeons all right fast and good fast and bad and slow and bad <laughs> there's no such thing as slow and good why not because if i can be fast and good why can't you yeah, and I can understand too, like especially with surgery, you don't, you, the the least amount of time that you can probably have somebody, I guess, you know, on the table. cut, cut yeah. open on the table is, you know, much better for their recovery and, you yeah. know, all of that stuff yeah. down the line. You know, you don't want to be Especially when you're dealing with the obese population and weight loss surgery and complications and right. stuff. But, you know, it's, you know, pretty harder to wake them up too. We need to change the dynamic between patient and doctor, right? It's not like take this pill, come back, see me next month. It's not have this weight loss surgery and follow up with my nurse practitioner later. Right. It's you, you need to have an ongoing developing relationship where you grow together because you had that weight loss surgery because you want a change. You know, Jeff, you're on Metafast because you want your life to change. You want your right. weight. It's not just your weight, but your diabetes, how you feel, your sleep apnea, your aching joints. Because, and the reason why you want that change, Jeff, is because I know you know that you have more work left to do mm -hmm. on this yes. planet. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. You want to. You want more people's lives to be affected by your your broadcast show. Correct. You want more thought leaders to have channels on Voice America. You've got work left to do. Yes, I do. And the solution to all your problems is death. But you're not done yet. Nope. There's still things to do. It's like what Les Brown says. You know, there's greatness left inside of you. Right. Right. And I help people tap into that greatness. That's awesome. And you know what? 
what uh, it takes a it takes a a community to do to do what they do and with everybody uh, doing what they need to do to contribute to yeah. to life. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just what, what are yeah. what's one step someone can take just to get started down the road of making that change. Okay. One step. I mean, I know That's you a have good. a bunch of books. Don't get. I got, give, I got don't, lots of don't, steps. Don't, so don't let me give you some value sauce. here. <laughs> yeah. So one step. Very simple. So why don't diets work? Well, first of all, say the word diet. Die it, die it. Like, I don't want to die it. I want to live it. So we do live it, you know, I want to live it. Um, but when you think about starting a diet, the first thing you think about is all the stuff you have to give up. Yeah, like cheeseburgers, right? You have to give those up. Yeah. Everything. And who wants to give up their favorites? Like nobody wants to give up their favorites. So one of the first things I tell people to do is don't give up anything. Just start adding good stuff. So if you don't drink water, like um, don't worry about giving up your diet soda, just add more water, just drink more water, Mm -hmm. right? Add something healthy to your grocery cart, add good. And then once you have water, you'll start saying, man, like that diet Coke is so sticky sweet. Yep. I don't like the taste of it. I prefer my water. And then you can release the diet Coke. I like it. Like instead awesome. of giving it up you know yeah and that's funny i'm i'm i uh i'm in, i'm in pretty good health like i'm not overweight or anything like that but i have uh i have a i have a dependency on massive amounts of caffeine yes, right do. and uh and mm-hmm. so i've been working really hard to to do that and so i got this gigantic bottle of water i got two of them and i'm trying to do that and i did i guess you have trouble sleeping at night i do sometimes yeah and i noticed i noticed over the last couple of days number one um my body's not that happy with me, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, caffeine and sugar—it's my body's going, dude. You need you need, you need to get back on that. Like it's like it—it it, it doesn't like that it's not there. <laughs> but then I've also noticed too, when you have that craving, if you just take a couple of minutes and just let it pass, right? Oh, I, I need that caffeine. I'm gonna grab this. I'm gonna drink this, mm-hmm. right? And I'm mm-hmm. gonna you know take a breath. And I, I've noticed that if you kind of let that 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 feeling pass it does pass and it does go away if you've got cravings there this is your body's way of telling you that you are lacking some sort of nutrition something your body's lacking something so it could be sleep right and you might have trouble sleeping not because you are so full of caffeine (laughs) so you're stuck in this vicious cycle because you can't sleep at night now you're tired so you wake up the next morning you think you need caffeine you think you need coffee you think yep but really you need to stop so then you need to reset now think about sleep as this and you don't have to have eight hours of sleep that's not true your body has a natural sleep cycle that it's, you know, some people live off for four hours. I'm a six hour a night guy. That's all I really need. But think about sleep as this. It is your body's time to heal itself. Right. Your your nerves, your brains, your chemicals, your hormones, they're all in this rhythm and they cycle and they cycle up when you are sleeping. Okay. So if you sleep is so important and we ignore it and then we wonder why different parts of our lives start breaking down. So the first thing I'd tell you is that you, if you got your, if you start talking to some a sleep expert and got your sleep right, your, your caffeine dependency would most likely go away. And 
remember I said you're probably missing some something in your body. So you're at that age where we're starting to see like your hormone levels decrease, testosterone levels, things like that. If you haven't had your testosterone levels checked, you might want to look into that because that would really it's around this time, you know, in in your mid 30s or 40s that our hormone levels start going off balance. Is that is that and something that's generally checked with your blood panel on your men's exam that you do every year? Or is I have to request that. You, you, I would double check to make sure your doctor is checking that off. Okay. And they might not be a hormone expert. You might need to go to a, a more holistic doctor or somebody who's into that, that wellness aspect of it. Mm. And you would be shocked at, um, you know, how low your testosterone could get. Now, some of it's natural, like your body stops producing it or starts decreasing the amount. And some of it is self-inflicted by, you know, our environment. I read an article about that the other day. Dr. Asking me or mentioning a testosterone. Yeah. One thing I had read the other day and I don't, I can't cite Mm -hmm. the source. I just go down the rabbit hole on the internet like every day. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm, I'm reading this article and one of the things that it said was, um, so like the, uh, like the world war two generation, right? So, um, they Mm -hmm. did, they did studies back in like 1950-ish, right, for those those folks from that era. Um, and they, uh, like, the average age of the person was, like, 30-something years old that they did the test. And they, they, they looked at how many nanometers or how, what the, uh, what level of testosterone they had in their bodies at the time. They did the same study in 2017 with the same exact age group of people and found that there was a 60% difference in testosterone between right. the World War II category versus the um, like Gen Xers or, or whatever it was mm-hmm. at that time. And so it was, yeah. it was 60% so lower. So basically yep. the whole article was basically about how like <laughs> our, our men are not manly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, and think about this in the 10,000 years that it took us to, to become humans, 10,000 years of homo sapiens. We have in one generation completely disrupted 10,000 years of evolution through what we eat, junk food, sitting around, video games, not playing outside, not, you know, all the plastics and artificial things that we put in our food and and our lifestyles. We've completely disrupted it Mm -hmm. in one generation. Isn't that crazy? It's very crazy. And you know, you see it. I mean, I'm so glad I don't video game. <laughs> yeah. You just see it with the kids, you know. This, there's just so much of a difference since when I was 15 to when my kids are 15, you know. The difference well, Jeff, check this out. This is the first generation where the expected lifespan is less than the previous generation. Hmm. Now, how screwed up is that? Every generation, we've lived longer and longer exactly. and longer. Right. This is the first generation where the lifespan is decreased. And why is it decreased? It's because of obesity and diabetes. We're now it's also why we need to retire early because like none of us are going to get social security the social security is like 78 years old which is like older than the current generation's lifespan check this out you know when a kid loses a parent they're called an orphan when a when a wife loses a husband she's a widow and a husband loses a wife he's a widower but there's no term in the american language that describes a person who's lost a child can you think of a term? No. No. But I can't think of anything more unnatural than burying your own kid. 
I, yeah. Because you were supposed to go first, right? You're supposed to die before yes. your kids. I can honestly tell you as a husband and a father that I would be yeah. 50 times more devastated if I lost my child than I did if I lost my wife. Not that I don't love my <laughs> wife. It's just, it, 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 this is how it is. <laughs> it's, it's unnatural. So, but because of our behaviors and lifestyles, we are going to be that generation, the three of us men talking. We're going to be the ones burying our kids. That's awful, and I hope it never happens, but, you know. That's it. I'm not even going to go home, and I'm not even going to let my daughter horrible. know that video games even exist. So, Doctor, what do you what do you have going now? Uh, we're coming up on a uh, an event you're doing. Tell yes, us a little bit about I'm that. Yes, I'm super excited. It's my first major conference. It's called Velocity Vegas. Awesome. And the idea is that it's going to teach you how to get what you want in life faster. Hence the term velocity. Mm-hmm. Because we want wealth. We want to retire. But I don't want to re- wait till I'm 65 to finally start living <laughs> my life. I love that. I want passion in my life now. I don't want to rediscover my girlfriend or my wife or, you know, later in life. Right. I want it now. And mm-hmm. there are people who have it now. So velocity is about bringing you in front of the people who've done it. Right. So we have, um, we have 15 amazing speakers. We have three keynotes. So one keynote is Brian Smith and he's the founder of Ugg Boots. Boots. Yep. Yep. A billion dollar brand, super great guy. His story is amazing. He's going to talk about how he actually lost Ugg Boots because of a, he didn't read the contract (laughs) and then what he did to get it back. And then how ultimately he, he exited and sold it. It's an amazing awesome. story. Danelle Delgado went from a single mom of three kids, barely getting by, working three kids, three jobs, 80, 90 hours a week. And in a few short years, she made um, millions of dollars online. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So she's going to talk about how she did that. And she's, she's she hasn't even turned 40 yet. She turns 40 this year. Very cool. So she got and then... Uh, Scott Duffy, who's a mentor of mine, a good friend of mine, um, yeah. he sold his first business to Richard Branson's Virgin Group. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, he's got amazing life lessons about how, like, you can have these breakthroughs in your life. <laughs> Those are just three of our our keynotes. I mean, Jeff, got and, other I, Jeff and I have people. met Scott on several yeah. occasions. The dude is just phenomenal. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah, amazing. I've met Brian too. Yep. you've got uh, Jason Cisnaro. I, and yeah. I love Jason, and anytime he does an interview, uh, I just love listening to him. The, bald, the bald Avenger. The bald. Oh, he's just so right out there. And when he goes off on a rant. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know. But, yeah, you have a great lineup coming up. So if somebody wants to get tickets or wants to uh, attend Velocity, uh, yep. where do they go for that? VelocityVegas.com. Okay. That was www.velocityvegas.com tickets are on sale we will also have them available on the day of the event so if, um, if you're just hearing this broadcast and now when, when is that come event? on down when is the Caesars event? Palace Caesars Palace February nope. 22nd to 22nd. the 24th yep. February 22nd through 24th okay so doctor what's next for you well I just want to elevate my platform so uh, by that I mean I am so passionate about this topic that I need more people to know who I am. 
I need them because if they don't know me, then I can't help them. And if I can't help them, then I'm going to die knowing I didn't do enough. That, you know, my dad's story is going to die. My immigrant story. Why was I picked? Mm -hmm. You know, I, my dad had six kids. He picked me and left the entire family behind. He lost three brothers, three brothers on the boat over to Thailand to the refugee camp. How was I picked? Wow. I get to America and in second grade, my counselor, um, his name was Tony Gibson. So if, if Tony Gibson is listening, you know, I need to meet up with him again. But he is the one who identified that this little skinny Asian immigrant kid was gifted. And he put me into the gifted and talented program after a year of being there. Now think about that. His country had just lost a war to my country. And he might have lost a brother or an uncle or a family member during that war. And he did not look at me and say, how dare you little kid come to my country. Right. Instead, he looked at me with open eyes, a kind heart, you know, and said, what can I, you know, this kid is special. So we all need Tony Gibson's in our life. We all need someone who sees something special in us. Very true. Right? Very true. And I feel like I could be everybody's Tony Gibson. Like I could make that difference on a much bigger level. I love it. I cry every time I tell that story. You know? It's just. Yeah. I mean, well, it, I think we should probably wrap it there i think uh, (laughs) that was nothing more to say there i mean dr v seriously man just the things that you're doing are are, are amazing and i I absolutely love your passion you know this is this type of uh encounter you know just meeting you for the first time and having this kind of discussion and this heartfelt conversation this is the reason i do radio this is why i do what i do because this type of message and this type of environment is you know uh so so important for everybody to hear the integrity and the authenticity absolutely Thank you so much. I hope you guys come to Velocity Vegas. It'll change your life, and I hope to meet you someday. Absolutely. We'll be talking soon. I'll I'll tell you that. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys can check out uh, the Finding Your Frequency website at findingyourfrequency.net. Also, go check out velocityvegas.com for the event February 22nd to the 24th uh, in Caesars Palace, which is a beautiful place to have an event. Uh, Dr. V, thank you so much for being on at Radio Ryan 1, at Jeff Spinney 2. Check us out on social media, facebook.com forward slash Finding Your Frequency net 